right, folks, week zero, we got college football. It's back. I mean, not to brag, uh, I might be undefeated right now. No big deal. Only had one play, though. Not I didn't take as much of a risk as my two boys here. Uh, Larry, give me your overall thoughts on week zero. Uh, it was a tease. I was happy to have college football back. Uh, yeah. It was an absolute tease, though. None of the games were very competitive both ways. But, yeah, we're all the way back. Yeah, I mean, had a rough rough day with the books. Went 0-4 on my official picks. But, I mean, I can't get much colder to start the season. So, let's go. Let's go. BCB, what would you think? Ah, well, so the Notre Dame-Navy game, I was hoping that would be a little bit competitive. Was not at all. He <laughs> <Navy> was <laughs> outclassed uh, from the get-go. And then, well, the USC-San Jose State game kind of saved me a little bit because uh, that that went way over. That was the easiest over ever. Oh. Uh, that wasn't even close. Uh, the New Mexico State game, very much a tease. That's a game that I think really we were kind of on the right side of. If they played that game seven times, or they played that game ten times, you know, yeah. maybe we went and cover that seven. Uh, we go into halftime, it's a tied game, and the, the quarterback had seven yards offense for us. So right. uh, the the – the defense kept us in that game. It just, unfortunately, ended up losing that one 41 to 30. So not great there to go 0-1 to start the multiple unit bets. But I'm excited to get some real games going. Uh, literally kind of tickles the thirst. I mean, oh yeah, we had multiple just bad football games. Like I said, you get New Mexico State. The quarterback has seven yards. Uh, quarterback for Florida International had 47 yards total for his game. Mm -hmm. And then you had the... You know it's a bad day when there's like people just sitting there watching UTEP, Jacksonville State, glued oh. to the TVs, uh, just trying to grind out a 14-7 win. So <laughs> it was a brutal day, but I'm just glad football's back. Yes, football's back. Is Notre Dame back? That's a question we're going to answer here shortly. We saw some great play there. But again, we're just happy, and now we get our full slate. Like Larry said, we had our tease for week zero. Let's review some week one. Let's get some picks. Let's win some money. All right, so we're back. Let's, you know, before we start, let's do a quick week zero review about the games. Let's start us off with the kickoff, uh, the one uh, that started all of college football this year. Notre Dame, Navy, and Ireland. It, they said rain was supposed to be there. It didn't look rainy. You could tell the field was kind of shitty, though. Uh, it looked like fucking Soldier Field 2.0. But overall, I expected Hartman to come out, fucking just spread offense, ready to go. They ran the ball very, very successfully. I don't know if that's a credit to the threat of the passing game. Navy is... I would think, you know, from what I've seen historically, a good, not great uh, run defense. Notre Dame picked them apart left and right. They have good offensive line. They ran, I think, five different running backs in total. Obviously, once it's the blowout, you bring in the freshmen and whatnot. But Sam Hartman, man, when he had to make the plays, he did miss one touchdown early in the game, kind of a, a thread right up the middle off play action. But otherwise, solid game, stayed in the pocket, really liked what I've seen. And then just real quick, and I'll turn it over to you guys. 
Navy has a new offense coordinator who before the game all offseason says, hey, we're not going to focus strictly on the triple option. We're going to throw, we're going to mix in some pieces here left and right. I saw the same Navy as I did last year. So got kind of fooled by that. Still got the cover minus 20 and a half. BCB, Larry, thoughts on uh, Notre Dame Navy? Yeah, I thought it was a, uh, a really good showing for Notre Dame to get the season started. I don't, I don't think they could have really looked any better. Uh, yep. a game where they had to, they had to go like you said they went to a different freaking country to play yep. uh and then Hartman looked like a kid who'd played six years of college football he <laughs> yeah. uh he already has so it's kind of interesting I was just looking up stats here uh he does already have more career passing yards than anybody who's ever played quarterback at Notre Dame he's like a thousand ahead of Brady Quinn given right. he had a couple extra years I mean honestly man Hartman like you kind of look at the NFL draft class right now right of like the guys that kind of tore it up in the preseason, like Aiden O'Connell, um, like the dudes that were like six-year, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, like these five, six-year guys had a lot of success early. I mean, Hartman keeps playing like this. If some of those guys play well, like he could very well play himself in the like first-round draft pick uh, territory. I mean, he did – like he looked really good. There was times he's moving to the pocket. He's got his eyes up. He had that one touchdown where he kind of scrambled a little bit, like moved, kept his eyes up the whole time and just drilled the kid Fucking wide up. open in the end zone. They don't have really a tough schedule to start. Uh, so he's going to be able to pad the stats, I think. They got Tennessee State this week. Mm-hmm. You have the game at NC State and then another Central Michigan game at home. Uh, but depending on what the Ohio State quarterback position looks like, that could be a very key game uh, for the college football playoff here in about a month. So, 100%. yeah, if you're a Notre Dame fan, uh, Hartman looked great. They've definitely got some dudes at running back as well, too. Yeah, And they got, they got a really solid offensive line. So you got to you got to love where you're at. Oh, for sure. Speaking of Ohio State, Larry, you want to touch on uh, the Ohio game, one of your picks from the week. Yeah, real quick back to Notre Dame. Yeah, I love the running back. Uh, Estime, uh, number seven. Um, He only had 16 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. That's all he really needed. But Mm -hmm. I mean, he looks he looks like Cadillac Williams. He is a house. Oh, yeah. Their offensive line was excellent. I think I heard a stat during the game where Navy Navy held opponents to like less than 100 rushing yards last mm-hmm. year, and Notre Dame rushed for over 100 yards in I believe the first quarter. Sam Hartman looks like a stud. Notre Dame could be back, or Navy just could be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their couple pass attempts were laughable, exactly uh, as you would expect. Um, it doesn't look like they worked on the pass at all during the spring or summer um there's just no chance and then they they had one opportunity which would have actually it would have took the if they scored a touchdown late Mm -hmm. but they got it down to the goal line and they ran two back-to-back halfback passes and that settled for a field goal at the end of the game um so if you if you had money on the under you're very thankful that (laughs) terrible in that situation um but they yeah, I mean, they were trying to do trick plays and stuff, which you just don't see. Yeah. You don't see these uh, Armed Force Academies do trick plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving right along to Ohio, San Diego State, I loved Curtis Rourke. Curtis Rourke got hurt very early. Mm-hmm. San Diego State's defense looked very good. Um, it wasn't very fun to watch. It was 20 to 13. It was really a dogfight which you sh- I, I should have expected. Like, that's how San Diego, San Diego State likes to play. Um, 
but yeah, it's I, I was wrong. I and <laughs> Curtis Rourke looked like he was fine. He'll probably be back next week. Yeah, they'll be ready for action. But um, yeah, it was gross. Fair enough. Another kind of under the radar game that we all uh, we all had positive opinions on, and I think BCB hit on it to start. But uh, New Mexico State minus six and a half, seven, depending on when you got it. Uh, UMass had to travel. BCB, I'll let you start with this one here. Yeah, so that was a very, very football is back moment. Uh, just <laughs> brutal beats hit you right off the bat. Not really the way you wanted to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were talking about, you get New Mexico State. They start three and out. UMass get the, get a punt. Then uh, very next series, Pava throws a pick that got tipped off someone's hand, and it's kind of one of those weird picks, and then you're down 7-0. Like I said, New Mexico State, uh, the quarterback had seven yards in the first half, and we're somehow tied 10-10 going into half. And then uh, they put Eli Stowers in, the kid that transferred in from Texas A&M, 6'4", like 17th-ranked quarterback in his class, looked looked pretty talented from the little bit that we saw of him. They put him in, immediately go 80 yards down the field, score. I'm like, okay, great. Like, yeah. we're going to roll with this kid here and just see what happens the rest of the half. That did not happen. They put Pava back in, had a couple more turnovers. He had a really bad interception. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those where I feel like you're kind of – you were on the right side, uh, maybe had the right team. I, it would be interesting to talk to the New Mexico State coaching staff um, and just see – what their thoughts were because it seemed like the offense was pretty predictable they're running triple option up the middle (laughs) Hmm. and it wasn't very creative in the first half UMass keyed off on it and uh you know New Mexico State really even wasted great special teams effort uh the punter drilled him inside the five a couple times like I said I thought the defense played pretty well Uh, like we said it early in the week we kind of said hey it's going to be a hot game Mm-hmm. New Mexico State, they can control the tempo, kind of wear down UMass. They'll break some plays later. That's how the game went. Unfortunately, it was UMass breaking the big <laughs> plays because the New Mexico State defense was always on the field. Yep. They kind of broke down. So called the game right, had the wrong team. Some things went against us. Uh, is what it is, though. Is what it is. We'll put it in the beer room here. No, I mean, Pavage, I mean, I felt like on the triple option, like there were times when all he had to do was just pitch or, you know, hand the ball off, do but he wanted, I think he wanted to be the playmaker. I think he wanted, he kept it so many fucking times. And then there's just two, three yards, maybe just so frustrating. When the backup came in from AM, I had faith. Isn't that when we busted that long run because yeah. he made the right read, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> definitely a frustrating game. UMass, I don't know if I'm sold on them yet as being a good team. That might be their only win of the season. I'm honestly, honestly believe that. But I think if Jerry Kill makes the move, and makes the change of quarterback, New Mexico State is still play, even though I swore them off after a Saturday. I think there's still a shot if Jerry Kill can make the change. Yeah, we might get like a light number on them. I'll have to go in and look at the schedule. But that's like, we might get a soft number in a week or two because of that. Yep. Uh, UMass, UMass goes to Auburn this week. So going to be a little bit different. Go, right? Uh, right. Different environment for them, but. A little bit. Um, okay, uh, wrapping up the night, kind of just the four big games that we all focused on as a team here. Uh, USC, San Jose State. Larry, I'll let you start us off here. What are your initial thoughts after checking out Caleb Williams, the UFC offense, defense? What, what, are, you, what are you thinking? So if you look at the stat sheet, it probably doesn't reflect um, the initial thoughts of watching them live. I thought, I thought they would be able to go up and down the field, which if you look at the stat sheet, they clearly did. 
Um, I still think it was sloppy. Caleb Williams uh, had a lot of pressure on his face. Uh, a lot of the time, he even even some of the snaps were miscues. <clears throat> um, they'll probably clean that up and be ready to go. Right. It wasn't as I mean they they still won by um, I think thirty. 20. Yeah, they didn't cover the thirty, but they yep. won by twenty eight. Something like that. Yep. Yep. Those lines. Um, but yeah, no, I I they the defense was didn't look great. San Jose put up 28, and they do have a young kid, Zachariah Branch, who had a 96-yard uh, kickoff return and a 25-yard touchdown. He is a true freshman, looks like an absolute stud. I think they'll be fine, but at times, I this wasn't Caleb Williams. Didn't have any rushing yards. Uh, he was still, still was able to kind of move the pocket and make amazing plays. They had... I, they had like eight different receivers that caught multiple passes from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be all right. I might just be a little bitter that they didn't cover the 30 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams already looks like he's hurt week one it, or week zero. So it's a long season ahead of him. Um, I don't, well, his durability will be questioned here week by week now. So my question to the both of you, then we'll turn it over to BCB for his wrap-up. I didn't get to watch the game as much as I like. Is USC's offense line a problem? Or was it just kind of weak, zero kind of jitters or getting everyone used to each other? So in addition to uh, the pressure issues with Caleb Williams, yeah. it was just kind of flipping it to the running side of the ball where I talked last week at like San Jose State, lost like everyone on the defensive line yeah. Yeah. and on their linebackers. So they ran, USC ran the ball 34 times for 160 yards on them. So it wasn't like they really, like I kind of expected USC to handle them up front. Yeah. It, it, that's not the way that went at all. So okay. you go from, he, they had pressure in the passing game to probably underachieving in the run game a little bit. Uh, USC also had eight penalties for 57 yards. So yeah, I don't, I mean, it wasn't USC's best effort uh, to, to just like go look at the box score. So Going into halftime, it was actually uh, 21-14. Yeah. So, so San Jose State kind of had them in a little bit of a dogfight. I think if you're San Jose State, you got to feel really good about yourself. Hell yeah. Uh, coming out of here, I think you. It's kind of the same thing. So USC, like th- their question marks that USC had coming into the season are even bigger now. Like I think they're fine at quarterback for like I said, he looked hobbled. If he gets injured, then you yeah. know all, yeah. they're off, right? But. They've got dudes at wide receiver. I think the running backs are still skilled. Uh, but on the flip side, right, another question was, hey, is USC going to be able to, to have a depth on defense and be able to stop people? They gave up a touchdown late in the, in the first half to mm-hmm. San Jose State. San Jose State scored on a two-minute drill on a 28-yard touchdown. Yep. And San Jose State actually ran the ball 27 times for 198 yards. That's nuts. So they averaged seven yards a carry against them. Uh, and I think, yeah, just looking at the box score. Yeah. So San Jose state had a kid that had six carries for 108 yards. Wild. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at, looking at those, two, I'm looking what's your BCB, like he, that kid had a long rush of 57. The next kid had a rush of 28 and then the kid below him had a rush of 20 yards. So if USC still letting up these big plays against San Jose state, like yeah. we got, there's issues. We got issues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So one thing that we're implementing this week or throughout the season is our champion club. Who won you your bets? Who who at least put in a good faith effort? And you know what? You really see something in them. I'm going to kick us off. I only had one play last week, minus 20 and a half. We've already talked about him a lot. Sam Hartman, my champions club, member of the week from Bucks. Uh, BCB. Yeah, I say Sam Hartman's probably the, the leader of Champions Club right now. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. he's got to be the king of it. And Champions Club, for those who haven't known, it's just a shout out here to Urban Meyer, uh, Florida Gators great head coach, who said the first thing he did was he, when he got to Florida, and his little documentary said that he he created Champions Club, which was a fine dining experience for the best players on the team. And they would get steaks and lobsters and the other dudes had to eat hot dogs and hamburgers and <laughs> go get their food themselves and have, while Champions Club had waiters. So he let his he let his good players know they were great and he let his shit players know they were shit to try and motivate them. So don't uh, hate it. Don't hate yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I guess the first member I'll put in the Champions Club. Uh they didn't didn't win me the bet. I'll put in San Jose State. So <laughs> because they kind of carried it. I had the over 66. They put up 28 uh, by themselves. So San Jose State goes in. Uh, the New Mexico State punter would be there probably this week if I just had to, to, to pick someone from that team. Like I said, he pinned him in the five twice. Kind of kind of kept him alive. And then last but not least, uh, shout out to the manager at BetMGM uh, <laughs> at the sportsbook in Cincinnati that's in the Red Stadium. Great guy. Uh, he gave me – they didn't have Pac-12 Network, so he gave me $15 off food and beverage. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, he's also – he couldn't tell me this, but he's also the guy who was uh, – took the bet from the Alabama coach, the Alabama baseball coach, Buddy, the guy that went in there, carried 100 grand and, and a duffel bag in, trying to place it on a baseball game and said that uh, that he had some inside info <laughs> – <laughs> they were trying to call him the bet. <laughs> so after a few beers, nothing was going my way. I walked up to the window all serious. There's like no one in there. It's like us and the manager and the guy working the window. I just look yeah, at him and go, hey, buddy, what's your limits on college baseball sides? <laughs> <laughs> he starts cracking up. The guy at the window starts chuckling. I was like, yeah, yeah. I just let me know I've got a tip. And they just were looking at <laughs> laughing. And I asked him. If they were the guys that were in there that day when he came in, they said, we can't talk about that. So (laughs) (laughs) shout him out. That's what's up. Larry, let's wrap us up with champions club. I don't deserve to put anyone in this week. (laughs) If there was anyone, I shout out UMass Minutemen getting their first, getting their first win against an FCS team in like 36 years. (laughs) Shout out the UMass Minutemen. Um, they're not going to have many more wins like this. So yeah, uh, yeah. they look typed up. And uh, yeah. yeah, but they didn't win me any money. So fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's hop into our picks now. Week one picks. I have seven. Larry has eight. BCB has four for right now. More to come. Follow on Twitter and Instagram for when those come through. But uh, that being said, I mean, I'm just going to run through my picks and then we can pause and talk about a particular game if we like. We will be introducing Mortal Locks back this week. So our favorite bets of the week, what we have going for us. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off. 
It's one of the highlight games. I know you guys have some thoughts on this, so I'm going to give my pick, give some a little bit of reasoning, and uh, we'll see what we got. But number one, right off the bat, Florida State, LSU, neutral site. This game gave us fucking fireworks last year. Great game to start the college football season. I'm all over. Fuck the points. Give me Florida State money line. I know LSU has one of their starting D tackles out. Correct me if I'm wrong, BC, BCB. Um, Jordan Travis, this is his coming out show. You know, he obviously played well, lights out last year. This is his year to win the Heisman. People are picking Florida State in the national championship game. I think their running back, Trey Benson, is going to help. I think he's really going to help Jordan Travis, kind of like uh, the Notre Dame running backs did for Sam Hartman. Let that threat of the run be there while you let Jordan Travis not only use his arm, but obviously he's more of a mobile quarterback as well. I like Florida State money line. BCB will let you go next here, unless unless you don't have a pick on this game or just want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll just add a couple of things. Like you said, yeah, Mason Smith is out for LSU, so that was a defensive tackle who he tore his ACL. He was a freshman last year. Uh, they were excited about him and Harold Perkins. Mason Smith tore his ACL in this game last year. Then all spring, they've been excited about Mason Smith. Now he's suspended, so he's out. I think that's a huge loss for him. Uh, this was one where I was going to get on LSU, but it almost just felt too easy. Like, you're sitting there, you look at it, it's two and a half. It's teasing you. It wants you to come take it. I'm like, you know, the game's in Orlando. It's probably going to be a mostly FSU crowd. Mm-hmm. I think the FSU team is pretty good. Um also, it's worth noting because LSU's kind of gotten a lot of hype and like the West contender because they won it last year. Like mm-hmm. worth mentioning, they got destroyed in the conference. Like I guess not technically destroyed, but wasn't really close against Georgia right, in the right, conference right. title game. And then they had that huge letdown game to end the season against Texas A&M in the regular season. So yep. while, while they kind of had this Cinderella season last year, maybe they're not to the, the ascension that uh, people thought they were. Also, they have some problems in the secondary. So it's probably going to be a no play for me, but it's going to be a hell of a fun game to watch. Oh, 100%. Larry, any finishing touches on LSU, FSU? Or should we move on? I have FSU plus two and a half on my card this week. Um, I'm very excited to see both quarterbacks, Jordan Travis and Jalen Daniels. Very excited to watch this game. It's a Monday night game, I believe. Sunday night. <clears throat> Sunday night game. Yep. Um, so that is awesome. And I, I do think um, the the missing of Mason Smith um, will impact the game a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I'm taking FSU uh, plus two and a half here to kick off the season. Game's in Orlando. I don't know if – I mean – I bet both of these crowds will travel pretty well there, mm-hmm. um, but very excited to watch this game. Um, and this is actually should be good football on oh, like yeah. week zero. No, hundred percent agree. I'm going to run through the rest of my picks. I'm going to hold off on saying my mortal lock. I'll say that for the end, starting next week, I always like to see a team play and be able to review some tapes. So starting next week, we'll pick our game of the week. And we'll go ahead and review that more in depth. So just more for the listeners here. But the rest of my picks here, without the mortal lock, I have Old Dominion plus 15 and a half at Virginia Tech. That's kind of my, my one sleeper team. I don't think Vodtech's really much. They haven't decided on a quarterback. Plus 15 and a half, give me the flip there. Uh, I'll take it. Penn State minus 20 and a half. 
Drew Allar, Drew Allar, however you want to say his last name. Um, I think this is his coming out party. The, the, the team is his first game at home. You know, it's going to be packed. Energy is going to be high. I like uh, especially the 20 and a half right there. So give me Penn State minus 20 and a half. Washington minus 15. Larry's picked uh, one of his over picks, I believe. Uh, Boise State's coming to Washington. Kind of the same story with Drew Allar. Uh, Michael Penix, time to show out, time to put up some points at early in the season. Really set the tone for the upcoming schedule and, and show that this team is going to be offensive greatness, just like last year. Miami. I'm not going to say who. All right. Miami minus 17. Miami, Ohio at Miami, Florida. I think Van Dyke uh, with a, probably one of the best offensive lines in the country, fully healthy team. I know they've had recently uh, some suspensions and one guy transferred out, you know, pretty late in the year, but I do like Miami minus 17. I think I always take Miami week one for the past three years and every year I've been wrong on it. So I'm, I'm really fingers crossed. This is the, this is the year. Uh, my final pick without my moral lock here, <laughs> Utah minus seven. Florida goes to Utah. Utah tries to revenge uh, the week one loss that they had last year. Anthony Richardson beat them at the swamp. I think even with the uncertainty at quarterback and who's going to start for Utah, I think overall they're just a solid team. Offensive, defensive line, uh, skill positions. They have another great tight end that's coming through. Uh, secondary solid. So now that Florida has to come to Utah, little bit revenge on their mind. I think that win cost them more than we realize, you know, once we look back on it, but I uh, like Utah minus seven. So big favorite heavy. I got two dogs on the slate, Larry. I know you got about seven, eight picks. So we'll let you go to next. Uh, yeah. So again, started Nebraska plus seven and a half at Minnesota. I thought Bubs was going to talk about this team. I don't even think I heard him, heard him mention this game on his card. Um, I love what Matt Rule is doing out in Nebraska. Um, I, I, Minnesota has lost um, their stud running back, even though, unfortunately, Ibrahim, Ibrahim didn't stay healthy. Uh, very hyped running back. And I believe they lost a lot of their offensive line because uh, they had a great offensive line the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like Matt Rule to kick off this era in Nebraska. And he's got a lot of former NFL players in his staff. Um, I've seen a lot of social media and TikTok videos about talking about kids uh, red shirting and like you have to sit out a year, you have to work your ass off um, and come up with that next next man mentality. So starting off Nebraska plus seven and a half, um, I think they go into Minnesota. I think they could also upset Minnesota outright. I might might throw a little sh couple shekels on uh, Nebraska money line. Um, next one going Louisville minus seven and a half. Uh, Jeff Brom, new head coach. Uh, Louisville's at Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech stinks. Um, I believe it's the second year for Georgia Tech's new coach. It's they're they're completely away from um, the triple option. Uh, they've they've completely changed that offense. Uh, just a big believer in Louisville. Um, I think is it Jake Plummer is their quarterback BCB, yeah, right? Jack Plummer, uh, yeah. Jack Plummer. Love the kid at quarterback. Love Jeff Brom. I think Louisville gets off and covers seven and a half easily. Next one is ECU plus 36. 
Um, Michigan's a historically slow starter. Um, I, I don't <clears> – ECU <throat> is much better than I think they're given credit for. I believe they took – they lost to NC State last year, I believe, by a field goal at the end of the game week one. Uh -huh. um, they probably should have beat NC State week one last year. I just think uh, plus 36 is just way too much. Um, I think they'll be able to put up a fight and stay within that number against Michigan. Um, obviously, Harbaugh, Harbaugh won't be um, coaching. And one thing to add, their OC today, got he uh, self-imposed a one-game suspension. Moore is his name. He's, he's out just as of today. But, yeah, that was all I had to add. Sorry. Uh, so now, yeah, so Michigan will be missing head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, I do. I think they're talented. Yes. They're just historically a slow starting team. Um, I mean, they're the ones who lost to App State historically back in 05. Um, one of the most awesome games ever. Um, so like ECU getting 36, just too many points. Next one I have, uh, take it South Carolina plus two and a half. I'll probably also end up taking South Carolina uh, money line um, just because we don't do the money line thing here. Like I can't, I'm not going to make my record any better <laughs> or worse if I take the money line. So we're just taking the points here again, South Carolina plus two and a half. I trust Rass Rattler and Beamer. I, I South Carolina defense is just much better. Uh, I think they'll be able to get stops against UNC they're playing UNC neutral site in Charlotte um, at the Panther Stadium Bank of America in Charlotte uh, kickoff Saturday um, so it's Drake May we talk about we've talked about UNC Drake May he doesn't he's had a lot better weapons the last two years most of those players are now in the NFL it is still Mac Brown Mac Brown's very old but he's still a very very Highly talented head coach. Um, I'm just taking Beamer. I'm taking Rattler. I it will it it will probably be a shootout. I think South Carolina will be able to get a couple stops here, and I think South Carolina will be able to establish a run game, which is one thing we talked about them needing to be able to do this year. And I think UNC historically not a good defense. Yeah. Um, if South Carolina can establish a run game earlier and get Rattler comfortable, um, excited for him and Juice Wells. Um, they have the tight end from Arkansas, Troy something. Um, excited, excited for that game. I think they do beat UNC outright and get on a hot start here. Um, Beamer's just a hell of a motivator, hell of a head coach. Those boys will be ready to go Saturday. Next one I have here is BCB kind of talked me into this. Um, I don't know if it's the old miss thing. I don't know. You might just hate Tulane. Um, so I'm taking South Alabama Jaguars plus six and a half uh, versus Tulane. Um, both of these teams were excellent last year. Um, I just I, I don't think South Alabama is getting credit. I think uh, I think Tulane is almost getting too much credit being ranked top twenty five. Uh, I do like uh, they have their running back and the quarterback. Pratt and um, Ty Spears are back, but uh, South 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 Alabama is a very good Sun Belt team. They're actually projected to win the Sun Belt. If if they're not projected to win it, they're projected to be the second best team in the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt Sun Belt can easily compete with uh, Tulane. 
they're not that far separated. This isn't this isn't SEC. This is Tulane. So I expect that game to be a lot closer than um, six and a half. Uh, I think it will be a one score game, and I could actually see, I could see the Jaguars upsetting them week one. To be honest, I think uh, South Alabama could get Tulane. Let's see. I already put FSU plus two and a half there. Again, I like FSU to win. My money line bets will be on my own. Um, the next one I have is uh, this is Hawaii plus three and a half at Hawaii plus three and a half. Stanford is going to Hawaii. Yeah, I thought every <laughs> I saw so much Hawaii t- hate last week, saying that they would be the worst team in college football. Mm-hmm. And they ended up playing, I, I would say, extremely well at Vanderbilt. Um, they were down 21 headed into the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter. They ended up scoring um, 14, 14 unanswered points at the end of the game and almost made this a very competitive game. They were in that game until the end. So I'm taking Hawaii plus three and a half. Uh, I would think... Just thinking here, it yeah. never it doesn't always work, but I would think Vanderbilt's better than Stanford. Stanford is not good. Stanford has a new head coach for the first time in a long time. I believe most of their best players have already transferred out of Stanford. Um, so I, I'm get I'm taking Hawaii. This is again Hawaii Wildfires first game in Hawaii. Stanford's going to Hawaii. Um, so give me Hawaii plus three and a half. I actually think they could beat Stanford outright. Their quarterback looked pretty good through two interceptions, but they actually have a game to build on here. So they can, they have film to watch on what they did well last week against an SEC defense, an SEC team, Vanderbilt, that's supposed to be much better. Vanderbilt's still one of the worst teams in SEC. So let's, I need to temper my excitement here or my predictions. And then the last one I have is actually. Clemson at Duke. I'm taking Duke plus 13. Okay. I also think Clemson, they they they'll, they come out to slow starts. This isn't, it's mm-hmm. not like a proven Clemson. They got a ton of studs. It's uh, Cade's, Cade's first opening start of his uh, young career. Um, I actually really like Duke. We talked about them in the ACC preview. I think Duke is a very talented offense. I think they can hang around and keep it, keep it within ten. Um, especially the games at Duke, and I believe that game's on Monday night. Um, so this, I like Duke to keep it within thirteen points. Okay, BCB. All right, yeah, we'll start it here. So I just got these kind of chronologically in order right now of when they play. So we'll go through the okay. schedule. So we've got a. Uh, so I've got some leans in here too. I'll put them in. Like I said, I'm still finalizing the card. Hope to get it out. Uh, we'll get it out here on Twitter before before the games kick off Thursday. But uh, anyway, so we got the first one. I'm on the opposite side of you here. Unfortunately, Thursday night, Florida, Utah. Didn't want to do it. Uh, it was really tough for me to sit here and go through and do it. Uh, but basically, the sentiment on Florida couldn't really be any lower. Uh, right now, people thinking Billy Napier is going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, people act like the Anthony Richardson loss was a huge thing. Got to remember, that's a kid that was just drafted based on potential. He had zero passing TDs through three games last year. And his last game at Florida, he went nine for 28 against Florida State, who was the worst secondary in the country. And they were missing 
three starters that game. So I, I, the Graham Mertz thing, while it is shocking that like, if that's really the one guy they dialed in on and wanted, whatever, uh, that's bizarre to me, but Hey, maybe it works. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt also too on the opposite side. So Cam rising hasn't been cleared to play yet. Uh, he, he had his ACL surgery eight months ago. I was looking into it. The typical recovery time is 10 to 12 months. Worth mentioning, we talked about Rourke earlier. He was coming back off of nine months, and they didn't really think he was going to play, and then he had that slight hiccup, and they held him out to precaution. Uh, they literally think it's going to be a thing where, like, he gets out there, tries to go on the field Saturday, and they're going to make the decision there. The line's been ticking down towards Florida, so this is basically kind of me playing a number. I took a seven. Um, like I said, I got it at plus seven today at one book. Still had it up at plus seven. I think it's down to six and a half now. Um, at six and a half, don't know that I would play it, but we'll see. Also, Utah doesn't have their second string quarterback either. He suffered a bad concussion in camp. So it's either Cam Rising, who could be 80%, uh, 75%, or a third string quarterback uh, who did start one game for him last year against Washington State, won 21 17, but it was much more of a, a game manager type offensive game plan they used. And again, yeah. it's kind of a math game. The over under is 46 and a half. Mm -hmm. Utah's are grinded out team. Billy Napier actually said in an interview that he thinks the identity of their football teams are front seven on defense. So it's kind of strength versus strength. Yeah. Uh, plus seven, you're probably going to have the back door open too all night. So Florida's going to be able to run the ball. As long as they're within 14, they're going to have a chance late. And you know how that goes. <laughs> Those garbage scores flip bets all the time. So we'll see. We'll, we'll ride Florida one time. I could be done with them by <laughs> Thursday night. It's just a one-unit play. Like I said, it's a numbers game. So they're probably a teaser team as well, too. If you can throw 13 or 10 or whatever on that at some books and you're looking for a four-teamer with yep. some primetime games this weekend, I think that's a solid play. Uh, Friday got the same one as Larry, so Louisville. Uh, so they're seven and a half right now. is as cheap as I could find them against Georgia Tech. It's not actually a road game at Georgia's campus. They're playing in the Georgia Dome. Um, just looking at some of the power ratings that I look at. So our boy K Ford has them at, he has Louisville about nine points better. Mm -hmm. uh, the spread seven and a half S and P plus Bill Conley for ESPN. I look at his numbers too. He actually has Louisville's 15 points better than Georgia tech. Holy shit. Okay. On a neutral field. So um, this is one where I'm going to be kind of number shopping. If I can get seven or lower, no place will let me buy it down mm -hmm. uh, right now. If the book's just opening Monday night. So couldn't find it uh, to get it at seven. At seven and a half, I'll probably be a one-unit play. It's okay. probably going to be a multiple-unit play, though, if, I, if someone will give me seven somewhere. So, again, like I said, Jack Plummer uh, on one side, very experienced. The, the Louisville team's got some guys, man. At the skill positions, I think they're better up front. I think Braun's going to put an energy in there. Georgia Tech's just not really a good football team. <laughs> they're pretty inexperienced at quarterback, kind of the complete opposite. Uh, Louisville also is a very experienced football team. So going into the Georgia Dome, I think they're going to be ready to go. Like I said, you get that, get that energy going. Uh, they're going to be pumped up, ready to play. Kind of, I picked them to, to make the ACC championship game. So <laughs> I got to back my boys here in a spot where we might be getting a really good number. Uh, then Saturday night, another team that I had here uh, that I really like a lot. Preseason talk about it, Texas Tech. They're minus 14 going to Wyoming. They got 15 super seniors, all their offensive starters back, plus some portal kids. Uh, got to back your guys, right? So, again, though, looking at the numbers, again, play numbers 14. I'm in. 
S&P Plus has Texas Tech better by about 18 points. Um, is how they would have the spread. K Ford had them at 15. So I think there's a little bit of value there. Uh, interesting, McGuire has not been a road favorite. Uh, so <laughs> last year, Texas Tech was never favored on the road. Yep. Now they're starting. Um, again, like I said, veteran team. I think they play Oregon next week too. So they've got the home game against Oregon. So there's probably been an emphasis all, all season on starting fast. You yep. want to put some good tape out there. Uh, Texas Tech, eight no in games that quarterback Tyler Shug has started and finished. Okay. So we'll take the chance there laying 14 on the road at Wyoming, that they're the type of team that I think they are, which is top 25 team, uh-huh. dark horse uh, conference winner, dark horse, maybe even playoff contender if some things break their way. Yeah. You got it. You got us. You got to win and cover to start. Um, another game too that I'm looking at. Haven't gotten the official number yet. I've looked around at some other numbers. I think this one could open anywhere between one and a half to ten. Uh, but I'm it's probably going to be my biggest play of the weekend once someone does give me a number. Uh, we're going to be incarnate word at UTEP. So the touchdown, a touchdown or lower, uh, going to be pretty big on incarnate word. So they got a very familiar face at quarterback Zach Calzada. Uh, is coming in there to start. They have so their starters going through their starting lineup. Uh, looking at previous schools, they have guys that have played at SMU, Auburn, Iowa State, USC, Michigan State, Oregon, Nebraska, Colorado, and then added an all FCS pass rusher from Howard uh, to come in. So the team's pretty stacked. They averaged 51 points a game last year and lost uh, 35 32 in the playoffs to North Dakota State. Okay. So I think, you know, there's a great team. They also have like one of the youngest head coaches in FBS or FCS. He's 31 years old. So um, I think it's going to be, uh, this is also their Super Bowl, right? So you see if these schools come in, they get one chance. They get one chance at a game like this. I think they'll, they'll take a big step forward here and uh, we'll see what we can do. Also some other leans I'm on right now, the Hawaii Stanford game. I think the under is like 60 on that one. I uh, was possibly thinking under, so kind of add to what Larry said. Stanford is ranked 131st in experience. That's out of 133 teams, so you got a bunch of kids leaving the mainland to go play uh, their first road game, first college football game for a lot of them. And then you've got a team, uh, it's worth noting, for as bad as some of these teams look, usually the biggest improvement you see in a team is from week one to week two uh, in college football. So some of these teams that have already had a game, I think that's a huge advantage for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll take a look at that. Um, I'm also leaning a little bit on UL Monroe. They're like 10-point home dogs to Army. That mm-hmm. Army offense is going to look a little different this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Akron is a 10-point dog at Temple, leaning Akron. Uh, they did this lose their best defensive player, though, to the supplemental draft. Not sure what had happened, but <laughs> he got, got out of town there. Um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, we'll see. I might there. There might be some ads uh, later, but oh. right now, with you know me, I'm always on the FCS games. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a line on those. I usually don't get those till like Wednesday. So money in the crumbs. All right, mortal locks. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and kick us off here, Larry. The reason why you didn't hear me talk about uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, is because my mortal lock this week is Minnesota minus seven and a half. Get to know this name, Athen Calicomanus. Probably butchered that last name. I told you guys in the Big Ten preview, this guy looks like Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield. He can run the ball. He's young. He's got fresh legs. 
He's got a great arm on him as well. Yes, they did lose two superstars on the offensive line, but I think Minnesota kind of just is like Iowa and Wisconsin kind of churns them out on a yearly basis. So not really as much of a concern there. They have a preseason All-American at tight end. I think a tight end is the most important position for a young quarterback to help get familiar with just kind of getting comfortable, get passing the game. They beat Wisconsin last year with Athens at the starting quarterback. Uh, that was the one game that he came in for Tanner Morgan and uh, really just balled out. He didn't come in. He started that game because Tanner couldn't play. Uh, Nebraska on the flip side, Matt Rule, again, I think he has well intentions. I think we could see kind of a uh, variable situation here, but pro style offense with a mobile quarterback. So brand new offense quarterback that doesn't really fit the mold, you know, for what you're trying to implement on a college level. I just don't see Nebraska being able to put up the points. Minnesota, again, good, not great defense. But, man, this kid, Athen, I have to look up his name, Athen Calicomanus. Remember that name. I'm going to bring it up first thing when we record for week two. Remember that name. Minnesota, minus seven and a half, more to lock of the week. I think it's not a true week unless I have one pick. I go against Larry on or Larry goes against me. So that's what I'll keep it at. Larry, you're more to lock. Louisville minus seven and a half uh, versus Georgia Tech at the Georgia Bowl. Um, this is Jeff Brom gets his quarterback back and Jake Plummer, who knows the offense from Purdue. Um, I think Louisville wins easily here uh, by two scores. So Louisville minus seven and a half versus Georgia Tech. BCB. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I didn't have it here. I didn't mention it earlier, but mm -hmm. I'm going to have to to roll the dice here a little bit. I think 36 is a lot of points uh, for Michigan versus ECU in a game where I don't know how, how competitive or, or maybe even how aggressive uh, Michigan's going to be. Don't know that ECU's any good either, but maybe, like I said, you 36, you're probably going to be wide open on the, the back door. Uh, so again, they're pretty inexperienced. ECU is like they're 121st uh, on the experience chart. Gonna have to mature quickly here uh, to start the season. Don't really have a lot on offense. It's one of those though where it just feels like every like the 36. Like people, it's trying to get you to go to Michigan. Uh, Michigan's got a lot of hype on them. Like you said, the uh, you know also too with Michigan, I, I know they don't have the toughest of schedules to start, but like. You're, are you really going to leave like McCarthy and Blake Corm and those guys in uh, for a long time in this game, especially, you know, you can play guys four games now, uh, not burn the red shirt. So I don't know how long they'll keep the dogs on right now. We'll go ECU plus the points, probably going to be some FCS games. I like a little bit uh, more in the week, but it's tough to tough to say that when you don't have numbers. So. Or incarnate word, anything under seven. Yeah. Incarnate word, anything under seven. Probably taking out a loan. Uh, so <laughs> right. We'll see. Which on Carter Word, we cashed big on last year. One of my biggest bets. Uh, they beat Nevada pretty easily. Um, regular season games. So, yeah, the FCS games, you got to get in early because uh, they get steam pretty hard. So, <laughs> it's uh, the, they'll move those lines pretty quickly. It's one place you can get an edge. One last thing I'll mention. There's no line on it on any books right now unless you can find something offshore. But uh, you and I money line uh, against Iowa State. Forgot to mention that one. Couldn't find it on any books. We're still waiting on the suspensions to come down to Iowa State, Hunter Deckers, and basically half of the offense. So 
keep an eye out on that one. However, it comes out. If you get you and I plus money, go for it. That's going to be the play. Uh, go ahead, BCB. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, that's a great, I was going to add to that point. Like, it's a great point. Like, we, yeah, it always gets talked about like Appalachian State beating Michigan is like the, the FCS game, right? Where you got a team that won out right. But if you go look at the box scores, like a lot of these games, no one cares about. These FCS schools will win a couple, three, like two or three of these games yeah. every year, especially against the smaller ones. Uh, but yeah, like the, the talent gap, especially between these top FCS schools, like Incarnate Word. Yep. And uh, like I said, you know, it's their Super Bowl. So they can, you can hang with them for one game uh, if you go yeah. out there. And you and I, I uh, Phil Steele, shout out Phil Steele, you made me pay for your product. Uh, you're not going to be in Champions Club because we're four days away from kickoff, three days away from kickoff. <laughs> and I can't even look at FCS pages uh, when I paid for the product. So not great there. I don't, I'll give you some more when I uh, learn a little bit about how you and I is this year. Obviously don't know because of Phil Steele, but uh, yeah, but you and I, if they're a good program, I mean, we playoff saw a lot team last year. They what? They were a playoff team last year. Okay. Yeah. So, and then they, uh, well, we saw like the South Dakota state, Yep. like that, they were the champions of FCS last year, right? <laughs> And yep. they fucking almost beat Iowa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and, that, and we called that on here too, by the way. I said, hey, yeah. that's going to yeah. be like a little bit of a game. Dude, that's that a tough a team. So, yeah, Northern Iowa. I mean, it's their Super Bowl against – might be playing against Iowa State's JV team or maybe even some of the student body, uh, depending on how – Oh, yeah, for sure. You got any eligibility left, Bubs? I mean, shit, I think I have a COVID year left over. I fucking go suit up up in Ames. Uh, last one I'll say, I forgot to mention this. I'm sorry for adding these. I'll add these on the card. Iowa team total, I'll have to get the number, whether it's at 24 to 28, take it. Because obviously our OC head coach's son is under his contract this year, very unique, where they have to score 25 points a game average, I believe. Otherwise, he gets fired at the end of the year you got to think they're going to run the score up in week one, two, when we play these FCS teams, if we can, just so we can help average out our games against harder Big Ten opponents where the score is obviously not going to be that high. That wraps up our week one preview. 1-0 and for Bubs. Larry's going to catch up on 0-4. BCB 1-1. We got this. Money's in the crumbs. We've just got started. 